I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it when it's all. Say I'm coming back to the 
a place of worship where I'm not going to hold back my worship, Jesus, because it's all about you, yes. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Lord. Shalom, 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 shalom. Shalom, evening, people of God. Shalom, evening, church. Because I believe we are all doing well. God bless you, Mrs. Maureen. God bless you. Mommy Augusta, God bless you. My regards to daddy and the family. By the special grace of God, I'm also doing well. 
Hallelujah. God bless you, Mrs. Stephanie Dia. God bless you. My regards to your husband and the family. Please, I believe we are all doing well. Josephine, God bless you. Wow. I thank God for your lives. By the special grace of God, I'm also doing well. Dave, God bless you. God bless you. Amen. I want to welcome all of you to this evening's session of the prophetic training. Hallelujah. And um, I'm going to take some few questions, but before I take the questions, uh, we would love to know some few things even in the scriptures. The Lord is going to help us in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Alright, so before we move into the word of God, let us take a word of prayer. Let us take a word of prayer. Father, we exalt you. We bless your holy name. Thank you for gifting us with another wonderful evening as this. We come before your everlasting throne, O God. We ask that you show us great mercy and you grant us grace in Jesus' precious mighty name. For in our wisdom as mere men, we are limited. But in your wisdom as God, we dive into unending waters of revelation. For this reason, we ask, O God, that you show us great mercy and open the treasures of your wisdom unto us. In Jesus' precious mighty name, let us have understanding into your secrets. In Jesus' precious mighty name, that we will stand and know the step we are supposed to take at every time. That your name alone will be glorified. We exalt you and we honor you. Let your spirit be upon us this evening. Open the eyes of our understanding, even to grasp the deeper dimensions of your word. If there is anything, whether an ideology, whether a notion, whether a mindset that will conflict with the revelation of your word, let your light expose it in Jesus' precious mighty name. Show us good mercy, Lord, and carry us even into deeper dimensions of your waters, that your name alone will be glorified in Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. God's anointed one, God bless you. Oh, I've missed you and the family. Wow, my regards to everybody. My regards to everybody. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, people of God, we give God all the praise and all the glory. Hallelujah. It is yet another moment in the presence of the Lord, even for us to experience God's glory. And I believe so strongly that the Lord is going to help us in Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Amen. I want to talk about something short. Then um, I'll take some few questions. The Lord is going to help us in Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, there is something that the word of the Lord... 
has put so clearly in the in the bible for us to understand hallelujah you know many of us believe that the day you believe in the lord jesus christ it means um, your name has been written in the book of life and you are now journeying into heaven hallelujah that has become our number one Can you all hear me, please? Good. So that has become our number one, you know, goal. That once you become a believer, the next thing is for you to live a sanctimonious life. So that at least you can go to heaven and not end up in hell. So our... Uh, main goal is to actually live a life of you know purity so that we can go to heaven but that is not the main reason why we got saved if you look throughout scripture hear me well the main purpose of our salvation is not for us to go to heaven amen because you actually came from heaven are you with me that is where you came from and trying to live a sanctimonious life on earth to go back to the same place you came from does not even make sense in the spirit how much more um, will it make sense in the natural amen so we need to have this understand and that is what i've been hitting on anytime i get the chance to talk to us there is this kind of heartbeat that the Lord has placed within me and when I see men trying to um, you know go out of the lane of the Word of God I get sad and we see a whole lot of people in in the Christendom that are trying to move in fact they are moving out of the, the pathway of Christ because they have brought out certain doctrines out of misinterpretation of Scripture and they have taught a whole group of people so there are many people even if you stand against a certain doctrine um, in their church they will fight with you they will fight with you and we are missing a whole lot of things in our work with god we need to go back to the scriptures and understand what the bible is actually teaching us what why do we even get saved and what at all is salvation to god not to you because he's the one saving you if you could save yourself jesus wouldn't have come are you with me and if god is the one saving you then we need to understand salvation from his perspective not what we think and I've explained this, which I'm going to touch on once again this evening. God never promised anybody heaven. God, he did not promise anybody that live a good life so that you can come to heaven. Go and read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation. There is no verse like that. So, man of God, are you saying there is no heaven? There is heaven. Heaven is there. 
But that is not the ultimate goal of our Christian life. Are you following? So, as a man of God, as a pastor, my mission is not to gather people and take them to heaven. No. That is not my mission. I know some of you, you will not get this because the churches that you are um, fellowshipping with, that is what they have been telling you. So, see, do good so that at the last day, you, you, will, not, you will not get lost. You see, that's what they've been telling you. And to them, getting lost means you have missed heaven. And definitely, if you miss heaven too, then by all means, um, hell from beneath will come and meet up with you. That is what the Bible says. <laughs> but you see, we really need to take time. And go deep into the scriptures to find out the truth. What is God trying to say? You see, many of us have believed in things that certain men of God said. We have not even opened the Bible to check whether they are true or not. We have not believed. We have not just studied to know. You see, the word of the Lord said there were, there were a particular group of people called the Berean. The Berean group of people. And the Bible said, as for these ones, they are much more noble than the saints or the church in Thessalonica. And the reason why they are much more noble is that they search the word. Apostle Paul was with them. He prophesied to people. Through his hands, a lot of people got healed. God did marvelous things through Apostle Paul. But after all those works of the Spirit, when Paul taught them the scriptures, they took the Bible and they went to check whether what Paul was teaching was true. Look at that. We live in, a, in, a, in an era where when a man of God is prophesying, everything that he says from the Bible is automatically true to us. Is that not so? So you see, a man was able to pray for you for certain doors to open. Because of that, when he tells you God is wicked, you will believe. This is where the problem is. And that is why I want you to know that the giftings or the manifestations of the Spirit, they are very different from the understanding of the Word of God. Very, very different. So you can meet somebody who just understand tongue speaking and the person will be praying in tongues and other giftings will be activated. And the person has no knowledge about what God is planning for Christians. Nothing. And they can even build ministries. She can build a big church. That is why I keep telling my sons and daughters, don't rush into ministry when you have no knowledge about the beginning of a man, the process of a man, and the end of a man in the scriptures. Because it is very dangerous. You will be breeding a particular kind of people called your church members. That, that, that will be very notorious when it comes to spiritual things. I'm telling you, don't go 
and build a church because you are gifted to prophesy. We don't do that. Giftings are very different from the ministerial assignment. Are you following? Good. Before God can, you see, usher somebody into the ministry, for the person to be a pastor, a prophet, an apostle, an evangelist, and a teacher, there are many things you need to know. At least the basic or the elementary or the um, doctrines of Christ that are just the foundational ones. When they ask you about judgment, you need to explain doctrinally what the Bible is saying about eternal judgment. As a pastor, when we ask you about the you see, you need to know about the doctrine of baptisms. What is baptism of fire? What is baptism of the Holy Ghost? What is baptism of water? You need to know these things. You see, there are many men of God in ministry. You have no knowledge of these things. What are you talking about? Can you all hear me, please? Can you all hear me, please? Good. So as a pastor, if you are called into the ministry, definitely, you need to understand the elementary doctrines of Christ. The word of the Lord said it in the book of Hebrews chapter 6. In the book of Hebrews chapter 6. So you see, you need to know these things so that you can teach the people of God. Now, when we read the book of Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 down, the Bible said, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of, hear this, of repentance. So, when you become a Christian, the day you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you become a Christian, there are basic things in Christianity that you need to know. Are you with me?
Are you with me? Good. Once you become a believer, there are basic doctrines in Christianity that you need to know. If you don't know it till now, your pastor has not helped you. Because these are the things that your pastor is supposed to teach you. If you are a believer up to this point and you are still having issues with these um, doctrinal teachings, then your foundation as a Christian is not strong. Now the Bible said, these doctrines, the first one is repentance. Repentance from dead works. What has your pastor taught you on this doctrine? Repentance from dead works. Then the second one is faith toward God. The third one is the doctrine of baptisms. Not baptism. Baptisms. Because there are dimensions of baptism. Are you following? We have the baptism of water. We have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we have the baptism of fire. Your pastor is supposed to teach. If you are a pastor crying, you don't know these things. What is your pastoral assignment in this one? You can't go and harm God's children. Because, you see, as a pastor, God wants you to know these things clearly before he will push you into the ministry. This is the reason many people have pushed themselves into ministry and they don't know anything. They, do, they, they were just gifted. They were seeing visions and hearing things concerning people. So they built churches. They built an auditorium. And a lot of people are there. And they think they are doing ministry. It is very dangerous. I'm telling you, it is very, very dangerous. What God actually wants for his people is not for them to be prophesied to. Are you with me? There are deeper things in Christianity we don't know. The other one is the doctrine of the laying on of hands. The doctrine of the laying on of hands. The other one is the doctrine of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. There are many of you here, if I ask you about eternal judgment, problem will come. Problem will come. That is why some of us, our pastors have not even opened the book of Revelation before. Every time they are preaching, it is on another thing. They can't sit you down and teach you doctrinal, you see, and it is very dangerous. So that many Christians walking about, they don't know where they came from. They don't know their beginning. They don't know what they are even supposed to do. And they don't even know their end. Like, how can you be confused like that? It is only when you know your end that you know the hope of your calling. Amen. I'm saying these things for you to know. That there are certain things you need to have in you as a Christian. They are your found, foundational blocks that you need to build every Christian life upon. Are you with me? And the Lord is going to help us. He will grant us grace. 
in Jesus precious mighty name. Amen. Alright. Now, what I want to talk about is the day you got saved, it was not the day that God said, fine, then um, live a holy life and come to heaven. No. And I, I made you understand this earlier, that God has never promised anybody heaven. Even when you read the Old Testament, it is about a land that God promised his people. When they were supposed to move from captivity, which is from the land of Egypt to the promised land, which is Canaan. And even when they got there, there were a lot of people over there, so they had to fight with them before they could take over that land. Now, we are not, today I'm about to say some heavy things by God's grace. We are not on our way to heaven. We are on our way to God. We are on our way to God. Even Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me or by me. No, it isn't no one goes to heaven. He said, no one goes to the Father. So we are actually on our way to God, the Father. He is our source and he is definitely our end. And if you want to go to the Father, you will cross heaven and go to him. Heaven should not be your goal. You can't move from Accra going to Kumasi and you go to Nkoko and you said you have arrived. Because all your, your life, you were just you know, imagining how Nkoko will look like. Even if you get to Kumasi, you need to know the exact house in an exact town you are going to reside. Else, you will be in Kumasi and still be lost. Are you with me? That is what many believers are doing. So even though we, we, we say we are going to heaven, when we ask you, when you go to heaven, what are you going to do? Samaba. What are you going Oh, man, we'll join the angels and we'll sing praise and worship. Is that all? Oh, no, no, no. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible says. There is something that God is invited spread out throughout the scriptures, but we don't want to know because we have already received another doctrine and that is what we have believed. Let me tell you something. When you make mention of salvation to God, the way God sees salvation is very different from the way we see it. In fact, the whole work of God that he's trying to achieve on this earth has a beginning and an end. The beginning of this whole salvation work of God started with grace. And it is going to end in glory. I've said this thing here before. That all the works of God starts with grace and end in glory. Are you with me? 
good. So now, the salvation of man came by grace. That is why when we read the book of Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, the word of the Lord said, For by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. We are saved by grace through faith. For we are saved by grace through faith. Not of our works. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. Now, hear me well. When man was made by God, God had a plan for man. Are you with me? God had a plan for man. Now, man did what he was not supposed to do by eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But there was another plan already. In fact, when you look into all these things, they all fit into God's plan. So there is nothing that will actually happen that will be a surprise to God. He already has a plan for that. And the plan that God had was that he would save the man. But the salvation of man started in a, a, a way where God entered into the man. Are you following? Good. So the salvation work of God started with God entering into man. Definitely the end can't be in man entering into heaven. That is not possible. The end of God's salvation work is for man to also enter into him. So God entered into man from the beginning. Now man is supposed to enter into God. That is the end. What am I trying to say? At the end, what God is trying to achieve is that man will become part of what we call the Trinity. Even in this, God actually opened our eyes to see what happened when Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were cast into the, the, the furnace of the burning fire. The moment these guys were put in that oven, the word of the Lord said, a fourth personality appeared amongst them. And they were praising. And they were moving around in the fire. That is what God is trying to achieve. That man will be included in the Godhead. Are you following? Maybe your pastor has not told you this, but it is scriptural. Now, when God enters into a man, it is called regeneration. Regeneration. And regeneration comes in because 
The day man ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he died the first death. And the first death of man is known as sin, which speaks of the numbness of the spirit of man. The part of you that can quickly connect to God is your spirit. The part of you that can, because that is a part of God that has been placed inside every human being. Are you following? So the very day man ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we died. And that death is when our spirits became numbed. Spirits don't die. It is called a spiritual death. But it does not mean the death of our spirits because spirits don't die. What actually happened was that our spirits were numbed. When we say numbness, we are speaking of a condition that can happen to a man where the man will lose the sense of touch. In peace, it's called anansi. It can happen to a person, you put something in the person's palm, the person will not even feel that there is anything in the palm. Are you following? So our spirits were numbed. And because that is the part of you that can connect to God, because that is a dimension of God that was placed in you, you have now become like a mobile phone without a Wi-Fi um, receptor in it. So let's say God is like Wi-Fi, but your phone is yam. How can you connect to God? There is no receptor in your phone that can receive the waves of Wi-Fi. Are you with me? So what God actually did was that he ignited that receptor of Wi-Fi within us again so that we can connect to him. And that is what we call regeneration. And he did that by entering into that thing. So our spirits were numbed. But the very day we believed in the Lord Jesus, God entered into the numbed spirits. And they got revived. That is what we call regeneration. That is the beginning of the salvation work of God for man. Now, this spirit of God has entered into our spirits. And now we have been regenerated. So what next? That same spirit of God that entered into us and revived and regenerated our spirits is supposed to work within us. The assignment of the spirit of God does not end in your spirit. It must transcend the spirit into your soul and move from your soul to your body. The reason being that the day we ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, something did not just happen to our spirits. It happened to our spirits, our souls, and our bodies at once. Our spirits were numbed. Our souls were exposed to the God and the prince that is ruling in darkness. 
And so long as our souls are exposed to him, our bodies are totally in subjection to whatever he will say to our souls. Are you following? Because whatever a man wants to do with his body is decided in the, in the soul. So if God wants to save us, then that salvation work should actually not only be in your spirit. Your spirit, your soul, and your body, all of them must be partakers of the salvation work of God. Now, the salvation of the spirit speaks of the regeneration of your spirit. So that now, you have been activated to connect to God. Then, it moves into the soul. So what we are actually doing now, right now that we are here, we are working on our souls. We are working on our souls. That is why I keep telling people that soul winning is not when you have gone to preach to somebody and the person says, I'm, I'm a Christian now. It means you have won a soul. No, 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 no. no. When the context is not over, there is no winning. Are you, are you listening to me? say you answered five questions right so you have won the race no there's nothing like that we need to complete the whole context before we can see the winner that is why until the lord jesus appears this is this is this this will sound very heavy to some people until the lord jesus appears and that we will go and meet him the salvation of a man's soul is not complete. It is a gradual process. Are you with me? Because it is possible for a man to be saved today. And because of the hardship of life, he will fall back and go to the devil for help. And will later find his soul under the control of the enemy. It is, it is possible. We have seen people that struggle their life. They said, ah, let me just go and, 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 and do blood money. They gave their souls. Haven't you heard people say, I've sold my soul to the devil? Have you, said, have you heard those things before? Yes. Because the soul of a man is not just like a pin that you say you have saved. It means you have won the souls, you have taken the pin. No, 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 no. It is very big and vast. And there are compartments of a man's soul. And all of them must be set free from the grip of the enemy. So, when the Bible speaks of you, that you should renew your mind. So that you can be transformed. It is part of your soul's salvation. Are you with me? You need to learn these things. Here. That there are many Christians right now. Hmm, when you look at all the seven dimensions of the human soul, the reasoning, the conscience, the mind, the will, the choice, and all the other dimensions, you realize that many people 
they are Christians though. But they are fighting issues in their minds. They have not actually, see, especially the imagination. Some of us, our imaginations are in the grip of certain spirits. We just can't imagine what is right. Every imagination that comes out of us is always on the other dimension. Always going wrong. It means that our minds, our, our souls have not actually been set free from the hands of the enemy. Totally. Are you with me? Let's read something from the book of James. The book of James. Chapter 1. Verse 21. If there is any other version you have, you can post it. James chapter 1. Verse 21. James chapter 1 verse 21 The Bible said Doest not hearest only Therefore lay aside all filthiness And overflow of wickedness And receive with meekness the implanted word Which is able to save your souls Look at that NLT says, so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your heart for it has the power to save your soul. Are you, are, you, are you reading this scripture? What has the power to save our souls? The word of God that has been implanted in us. But before that word can totally save your soul. Listen, he said, get rid of all uncleanliness and all that remains of wickedness and with a humble spirit, receive the word of God, which is implanted, actually rooted in your heart, which is able to save your soul. So it is the word of God inside you that has the ability to save your soul. Very, very, very important. We are Christians and the dimensions of our souls. Your soul is not just, okay, I'm, I, I preach to this young man and he got saved, so he's free. I, haven't you seen people that got saved today? They said they have turned away from um, fornication. But they have become pastors and they can't even stop fornication. Haven't you seen that before? They are pastors who but they can't, they can't stop fornication. So what is the problem? There is a problem in a certain part of their souls that must be tackled. So the salvation of our soul is a gradual process. It does not happen at once. Because it is the word of God that will help you win your mind from the hands of the enemy. And the enemy will always fight 
certain areas of your soul because he's looking for your soul the best thing that is the best meal for the enemy is the soul of man and it is the most precious thing in man it is this that we need to know as children of god are you following good so now soul winning is not only when you have preached to somebody who was a weed smoker and the person is now going to church you have not you have not won the soul completely you have won a certain part of the soul because the assignment of the person has not ended why are we not at the end of the context and you have saying you have won so the more you grow in the things of god the more you renew your minds because if your mind actually is not renewed you can be pulled back to do certain things you used to do even though you confess that you will not do them again it is also an attack a battle against your soul some of you memories are the things that emotional memories they are using emotional memories to attack you emotional memories it is out of this that people are having issues with unforgiveness you see sometimes you can hear the name of a certain guy and you now recall the guy that broke your heart then unforgiveness will start rekindling itself in your heart gradually Meanwhile, you said you have given oh, with your men and you have given everything to God. I'm, I'm fine. I'm nothing. But if you're if you are not, sometimes even you you will smell a perfume, and this perfume will smell like the perfume of the guy that broke your heart. The perfume alone can trigger a certain memory, which will bring out a certain unforgiveness in your heart again. So your soul is in trouble, your emotional dimension of your soul is in trouble you are still battling on that side you are not free yet are you is somebody listening to me yes you are not totally free if somebody hurt you and you have not been able to forgive the person and you are still keeping the issue in your heart you are not free that is why i said the salvation of the soul of man is actually a gradual process. You need to know that. And the main reason for this is it's not about heaven. It is, see, the very day you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, when you, you die, your soul is already registered in heaven. But heaven is not the last point. Heaven is not where you are supposed to be Heaven is not the, the, the end. Are you following? Can you all hear me? Good. So right now, as you're a Christian, if you lose your soul, let me say it this way because losing your, your soul is a very deep statement if you lose your life or you die your soul will definitely 
go to God. And in the journey of your soul going to God, you find yourself in heaven where you meet other souls that are also still in the journey going to God. Are you following? And the journey is not about you walking. So, I've entered heaven. Okay, God is here. I'm walking to God. That's not it. It is about the knowledge and the wisdom that we learn as we are going towards God. That is what the journey is all about. That is why we are supposed to be here and amend our ways. And God will help us and purify our souls so that the journey toward God will be easy. Let me say it this way. I'm about to say something. Knowing God on earth is easier and faster than knowing God when you die. Even if you enter heaven. Are you with me? Yeah. Knowing God whilst you are on this earth is easy. Than when you die. You can die and go to heaven. And still find it very difficult to know God as you ought to. But the man that is on this earth. Because of certain activities. The first one is called grace. And the second one is called mercy. Because of these two things. The man on earth. Can know God easily. Now let me come to this point. So you see, after your soul is graduating in the process of salvation, the last dimension of salvation is the salvation of our bodies. Now, this body we have is not the original way God wants us to live. This is not the original body that we are supposed to have. In fact, if you were looking at Adam as he was made by God from the beginning, you would know <laughs> that Adam was thick or giant and was a light being moving about. Now, according to Jewish history, you see, Adam actually really looked like certain of the, um, the Nephilim. And I hope you know the Nephilim. I've thought on that before. When some of the angels came to sleep with um, women and they gave birth, they gave birth to a breed of people that had angelic DNA and human DNA. And some of them were over 19 feet tall, 20 feet, 30 feet, 40 feet, giant. They were using mountains. Over. Some of them were using mountains as um, a, a stool to sit on. So how giant those people were like was how Adam looked like. Giant. With light emitting out of his body. But the day Adam ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that glory that was covering him, which was his body and his original estate, he lost it. 
and we became like this. And the source of life of Adam's body was the light of God's glory. But the moment we became like this, our source of life came from our blood. So we now became flesh and blood. So why not if we draw blood out of your body, you die. And even the blood itself has another component that our body needs. It's called oxygen. So even when the blood is not drained out of you and you are your body is deprived of oxygen, you can still die. Meanwhile, we're not like that. We were, we were light beings. We're receiving our, our source of life from the glory of God. So God is trying to bring us back to this state where he will save our bodies from this mortality and of death and bring us into the place where we will, our bodies will be restored into glory. That is actually the end of the salvation assignment of God. But the salvation of our bodies will actually end in a certain part, which I want to talk about. It is called the organic salvation of God. Because the very day you believed in the Lord Jesus, you are not, your salvation was not just individual. So you are not the only one trying to go to God. But in the sight of God, God is preparing something. Can you hear me? Good. Now, the main reason why you have the Holy Spirit is so that your en the entire salvation process of God will be completed. And I said the complete salvation work of, of God for man is when the body of man is saved. It is called the redemption of our bodies. So if you have the Holy Ghost, then it means you are going to be part of those whose bodies are going to be redeemed. Are you following? And the redemption of our bodies is when we enter into glory. Now, I will come there. Now, let's read something from the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Verse 23. Romans chapter 8, verse 23. Any version you have, you can post it here. Let's understand this perfectly. Romans chapter 8, verse 23. The Bible said, And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, as a foretaste of future glory. My goodness. As a foretaste. <laughs> People of God, there is a certain glory that has been laid for us. It is better. So the Holy Ghost is just a foretaste. It's like you're about to eat a food. You say, let me taste, let me taste the food and see how it will eat. Oh my God. So all the prophetic, the healing, the raising of the dead, all those manifestations of God's power, they are just foretastes of the, kind, the original glory that is about to be revealed. Oh, so Paul said, for I am persuaded that nothing can be compared to the glory that is to be revealed in us. 
nothing nothing can be compared to that for christ in us there is a certain hope of glory that we have we hope that one day we are entering into glory and that glory means we have become part and parcel of the godhead oh beautiful he said and we believers also do groan even though we have the holy spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering we do wait with eager hope for the day when god will give us our full rights as his adopted children including the new bodies he has promised us my god hey what kind of version is that it is new living translation amazing so there is a new body god has promised us it is the glorious body that is why the holy ghost is in you and the holy ghost in you is just a foretaste if you have the holy ghost then god is trying to tell you that he has given you a certain promise that is why the holy ghost is known as an earnest the earnest actually means um like a down payment so god wants to give you something Hmm? the thing god wants to give to you is let's say hundred thousand dollars and god said right now um you let me give you this ten thousand dollars no you have never seen even thousand dollars before god said let me give you this ten thousand dollars so that when i'm returning next week i will bring you the ninety thousand dollars that is left you've got the ten thousand you are so excited but there is a higher promise so the ten thousand dollars you have received is a down payment of what is about to be given to you and that ten thousand when you look into the work of salvation that is the holy ghost so the holy ghost is just the down payment that god has given to us to tell us that there is a better promise (laughs) my god that you have the holy ghost is a sign that a certain glory is about to be revealed see if this thing does not make you excited then you are not spiritual i'm telling you the truth if these things don't make you excited and if these things don't make you groan and fast and pray more oh i'm telling you you don't know what christianity is all about you just don't have knowledge about christianity i'm telling you the truth Many of you are just listening to this. Oh, okay, wow, that's fine, that's fine. This is not what, this is not, that is fine. <laughs> this is our work with God. I'm telling you. So if you only get excited when they tell you that you are going to get money, and you say, amen, then you are very excited. And you are much more excited on that one than this. You are not spiritual. I'm telling the truth. You are not spiritual. So you really need to renew your mind. (laughs) My God. My God. My God. How would you feel when this body of sin and suffering has been changed to a body where you can't be rejected? To a body where you don't need an airplane before you travel to any country to a body where you have become like god any issue how god would have thought is the way you are thinking you have become part 
of the owner of the universe. You, don't know. you, 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 can, you just can't be understanding. This is why when you begin to think about these things, a certain light will hit you. You just, you just be groaning. So Paul said, one day God took me to the third heavens and he permitted me to see the glorious body, that new body he, he promised us. When I saw the body and I looked at my physical body, I knew that I was dying. What kind of physical body is this one? I began to groan. And I decided not to die. I wanted to carry that glorious body once on earth. Paul did not have it all. But still, look at what he did. The Bible said, A serpent bit Paul. A venomous serpent bit the hand of Paul. Paul shook the serpent into fire. And he kept preaching. Everything. A man that has not yet experienced his glorious body. Look at brother Philip. A deacon in church. He will preach. The Holy Ghost will carry him. He will disappear from one country and enter another country. He did not even use anything like car or anything. What? What is car to them? They were being carried by the wheels of the Holy Ghost to places to go and preach. Paul was preaching. A man was just sitting. You know, he was preaching on a certain story building. A guy was listening to him. He was asleep. He fell down from the story building. And he got his neck broken and he died instantly. Paul went down and said, young man, get up. The guy got up. And they all climbed up there and he continued preaching. Oh my God. My God. Look at the manifestation. This is the original life we are supposed to be living. The original life we are supposed to be living. And even all these things, the Bible calls the foretaste of the glory to come. The foretaste keke. Oh no. Then something is the, the glory that is ahead of us is, is mighty. So God giving you the Holy Ghost is telling you, hey, there is a certain glory you have never seen before. It is bigger than anything. The devil sought for it, but he couldn't get it. But so long as you have the Holy Ghost. You have been registered as a son. And the son of God actually means that you have been heir. You are the heir to that glory. So that glory is your inheritance. Because of that we grow. Do you know what? Everything in this universe was put in the hands of men. So man was controlling everything. Everything was answering to man. But the very day man ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and fell down to this level of mortality, all things also lost their glories. So right now, all things are groaning that man will grow to become the original heir of that glory so that they can also be saved. That is why the Bible says, all creation waited earnestly for the manifestation of the sons of God. There is a certain Christ within us. And that Christ in us, we are hoping for a certain glory. That when the Christ hits our bodies, he will manifest into God's glorious body. And that glorious body is what will set the whole world free. Right now, when you go to Antoine, the river Antoine is being used to kill others. That was not the original purpose for it. So the man 
that has manifested Christ will stand and set that river free from any negative spirit that is being used to torment the destinies of others. Are you with me? All creation are waiting earnestly for the manifestation of the sons of God. People of God, there is a certain glory ahead. There is a certain glory. There is a certain glory ahead. And that glory, the Holy Ghost that we have, is just a foretaste of it. Hallelujah. 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 That realm is not about money. It's not about cars. This one is God. We are entering into God. God is our goal. God is our goal. This is beyond heaven. This is beyond heaven. My God, you don't get it. <laughs> when Paul was giving the chance to the third heavens and God just showed him a glimpse of what Paul said, my God. Paul said, for me now, I am groaning. I'm groaning oh, that the body, that new body that has been, you see, if you don't get these things, Listen, the very day the, the revelation of this hits your spirit, you will start praying in tongues. Because groaning is what will draw you. If you know this and you don't groan, that's why I said something is wrong somewhere with your understanding in Christ. Something is wrong somewhere. So Paul said, We are groaning, we are groaning. Thank you, Jesus. He said, <laughs> To wait too, we wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. Do you know something? You have not received your full rights as God sent because you have not matured. You have not matured. Now, when we read the book of Galatians, chapter 4, the Bible said, from verse 1, okay, let's, Galatians chapter 4, verse 1, Galatians chapter 4, verse 1, listen to what the Bible said, Galatians chapter 4, verse 1, you have been, the Holy Ghost that has entered into you alone, means you have been born as God's son. And if you have been born as a son, you have full rights. Are you with me? But there are many things you cannot. There are many things you cannot have as a son. Even though you have been born as a son. The reason why you cannot have these things is because you have not grown. Galatians chapter 4 verse 1. Let's read. The Bible says, Sonship in Christ. Now, what I mean when I talk about children and their guardians is this. As long as the heir is a child, 
he does not differ at all from a slave, even though he is the future owner and master of all the estate.、Mm. Look at that. You will not give, you see, if you're a father and you have built a house that is supposed to be given to your son, and your son is two, year, two years old, you cannot give him the keys. Is that not so? Even though, according to your will and in your archives, the house is supposed to be given to your son. Until the son grows, he cannot have full power over those things. Now, at that moment, if there is a slave or a servant in your house that is also not supposed to go into that house, what is the difference between that slave and the child? Using the house as a reference. Are you following? There is no difference. So, the main reason why we have not experienced certain dimensions of God is because we have not grown. We are babes. We have become babes. We have not grown. So, growth in Christ is what allows us to have the full rights of our sonship and the peak or zenith. Of this whole growth is when we receive our new bodies. That body allows us to look exactly as Christ is. And we all know that Jesus Christ is a dimension of the Godhead. So the moment we become as Christ is, we have also become part of the Godhead. This is what God is trying to achieve. It is not about going to heaven at all. My God. So there is what we call the organic salvation of God. And this is it. The day you got born again, God actually made you like a part. God is planning what we call the perfect man. The perfect man. Are you with me? So this is what we call the body of Christ. The body of Christ. The body of Christ is one body before God. One whole body. Like, when you, like a human body before the Lord. And there are parts of this body. So when you, be, when you get saved as a Christian, you are turned by the Spirit into a certain part of the body. And as you fulfill your ministry and your assignment in that body, you are making the body grow on that part of you. So that many of us, we are the hand in the body of Christ. As we do our work as the hand, we are causing the hand to grow. Some of us, we are the eyes. We are supposed to do our work. Listen, we don't focus on ourselves. We focus on the whole body. Because the purpose of the eyes is so that the body can see and go. The purpose of the leg is to carry the whole body to a place. Everything In the, every part of the body is supposed to help the entire body. This is how God is seeing salvation. It is an organic thing before the Lord. It is not really of an individualistic thing, it is a whole big thing before God. 
That is why God has given some of us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13. Ephesians chapter 4. You let me from verse 10. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10 to 13. And listen to what the word of the Lord is saying. God is trying to achieve something. And that thing is called the perfect man. There is an individualistic dimension of it. And there is the organic dimension of it. The organic dimension is what God is achieving at last. Are you following? Good. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10 to 13. If you, if you have it, you can post it here. Good. Now, the Bible said, He who descended is the very same. As he who has ascended high above all the heavens, that he might fill all things, that is the whole universe. And his gift to the church were varied, and he himself appointed some as apostles, special messengers, representatives, some as prophets who speak a new message from God to the people, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. Now let's continue. Good. And teachers, he said. For. And he did this to fully equip and perfect the saints, God's people, for the work of the ministry. To build up. The body of Christ. This is this is what God is trying to achieve. When we say body of Christ, body of Christ, it is not only your church, Pentecost church. It is not only that Christ Apostolic Church. To God, it is one whole body. He said, until we reach, we all reach oneness in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. To become a mature believer, reaching to the measure of the fullness of Christ. My God. Let me read it from the King James for all of us to, to get it. Listen, he said, He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints. So the reason why we have prophets, apostles, is for us to be perfected. And I told you, the word perfecting is the Greek word katatismos, which actually means to restore a dislocated bone. It is a medical term. So what God is trying to achieve is that he is building a particular body, and that body is called the body of Christ. So when you, are, you get saved as a Christian, God looks at you and knows the part of the body to fix you. And when he fits you in that part, he gives you certain people that will help you build yourself. And those people are the ministerial offices. Are you with me? Good. And the Bible said, He is perfecting us 
So, for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ, the word edify is from the word edifice, which means a building. So, God is building a body. God is building a body. Now, verse 13 says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man. Now, that perfect man is what God is trying to achieve. It will start from within us, then it will end in that glorious body God is trying to achieve. Are you with me? So, 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 so amazing. This is what we call the organic salvation of God. Did you hear heaven in this one? Said unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So if your goal is to go to heaven, you don't understand scriptures. What God is trying to achieve is greater than heaven. God wants us to be exactly as he made us to be. Not just for us to run away from sin and all the um, evil things going on on this earth. You see, some people say, we are sitting here with hope. When you get a kukufunu, you get silver in that crow. <laughs> oh my God. Have mercy on us. So our whole focus is to go to heaven. You see? But when, we tell you that, when you see that you are about to die, you say, hey, I reject it. Now if you, you don't want to die, how will you go to heaven? He said, we are even confused. You want to go to heaven, but you don't want to die. We are confused. You see, we have just missed the whole thing. We don't even know what God is trying to achieve through our scripture. It is in the Bible. It is called the redemption of our bodies. Then God will get the complete body of Christ that he wants to. And that complete body of Christ is going to be the bride of the Lord Jesus. (laughs) Wow. The bride of the Lord Jesus. So Jesus will meet us. And he will give us crowns based on the work of the ministry. That we use his spirit for. Then that glory he promised us. He will give it to us. That is our judgment. So as Christians. Our judgment is different. From the judgment of unbelievers. Don't even think of them. If we preach. We do everything. And they fail to listen. Leave them. God loves them more than you do. Don't kill yourself. Many of you will not understand what I've just said. That the gracious Lord will help us. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So the Holy Ghost that you have is a seal that there is a glorious body that awaits you. The word of the Lord said in the book of Ephesians, Chapter 4, 
verse 30. Let me read from verse 29. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 and 30. He said, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. So the Holy Ghost is our seal unto the day that our bodies are going to be redeemed. And the Holy Ghost has actually started this redemption in our bodies. When we read the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 11, his work is to quicken these mortal bodies. To quicken. So the Bible said, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So the Holy Ghost is quickening this mortal body. And the word to quicken means to give life. Because this body is called the body of death. So life must be given to it. And I told you, let me give you one secret. Then I take some questions. I told you that before man fell to this flesh and blood, what was the life source of man's body? What was the source of life of the body of man? I want to know if we got it. Can you all hear me, please? Can you all hear me? Good. So um, I made a statement. I said in the beginning, before man fell into this body of flesh and blood, what was the life source of man's body? What was the source of life? The light of God or what? Hey, so, hey. I think you need to do mental. Everybody take a sheet of paper and pen right now. Right now. Listen, I told you, let's go back to it again. I said, when man was in the garden as Adam, he had a certain kind of body. In that body, he was clothed with glory. Glory. And the glory of God was his life source. He took his life from that glory. So the very day he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he lost that glory. That is why the Bible said, for all have sinned, and have fallen short of what? The glory of God. So the glory of God was our life source. But now it is our blood. 
because we lost the glory and god is restoring that glory to us so he put in us christ so that we can hope for the glory that is why christ in us the hope of glory so we are hoping that the time will come the the life source of our body will not be our blood so the secret is this if a man can even change his life source from blood to god's glory he's getting close to experiencing the whole glorious body and you know According to Jewish history, when Paul was beheaded, when they cut the head of Paul, blood did not come out. It was milk that came out. My God. So long as you have normal blood in you, this world can control you. Even your feelings can let you miss a lot of things. No wonder a snake bit Paul's hand, he shook the snake into fire and kept preaching. If it was a normal human being with normal blood, a trouble will come right now. The guy changed his blood. And that is what he said, he was groaning. He was groaning. Do you know what happens to your blood when you pray in tongues over 10 hours continuously? Something changes in your blood. Even your saliva begins to change. Scientists have made experiments on that. And they realize that the saliva of Pentecostals, those who speak in tongues, co- contains some two biomarkers that are not found in the blood of the Orthodox people. And this, these two biomarkers, one of them is what prevents men from getting stressed. And the other one is what gives men a certain confidence. So a man that prays in tongues more all the time, that man is highly confident. And that confidence is not from man. It is Christ's confidence. Second one, that person cannot be stressed. My goodness. So this actually is God's way of bringing us back gradually to the body of glory that we had. We are not just walking about as moche moche people that that is not the assignment. So there is a reason why we are even fasting. We fast so that the DNA in us will be changed to become the DNA of God. If you still don't understand this thing, something is wrong somewhere. You need to change your church. I'm telling the truth. telling you, you need to change your church because they are not telling you what you really need to know that is why here we don't just prophesy and go we teach we want to know what god wants to do with us god we got saved and we are still here on this earth what are you trying to do with our lives god what is it let us know what do what do we have to do teach us then he will he will take us back into his word. And that is why we are here. Hear me, child of God. The more you speak in tongues, the more you are changing your DNA from a natural man's DNA to that of God's DNA. Some issues cannot control you again. The more you partake of the holy communion, the body and the blood of Jesus, you are actually growing into dimensions. Are you following? We need to know this. It is not every time that you are calling a pastor. 
You need to get to a dimension where you stand and speak against things in your family and they change. That is why the pastor is supposed to help you grow. That you will stand and say, you, you have authority over spirit. There is an anointing within you that is teaching you. I'm telling you, you need to know these things. If your pastor is always letting you think that he's the only one that is anointed, and he's the only anytime you have a problem, call him. He's not helping you. He's not helping you. He must teach you the way of prayer and the way of dominion. If your business is not working, stand and begin to speak. Command things to change. Prophesy to your business. There's so much power deposited in you. Why are you leaving the Holy Ghost in you for nothing? May the Lord help us and open greater dimensions of grace for us. In Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Alright. I believe we have been blessed. Let me let me take um, some questions. If anybody has any question, you can feel free and ask. Hallelujah. Alright. If there is any question, it can be about what we just thought. It can be about any other spiritual thing feel free and ask any question any question Someone said, Daddy, please, can you dream in a dream? Yes, it is possible. It is possible. It is a sign of an awakening in the spirit realm. It means you have been awakened. Like in the spirit, there is a certain awakening within you. You need to press in more. It keeps happening there. You need to press in more. You have been awakened in the spirit realm. And things are becoming real to your, your being. And you need to pray more. God will break a certain dimension of the spirit realm for you to have experiences. So keep praying. Okay. All right. Okay. Mom, your guest has said, does it mean the life we are living now is getting us closer to our glory? Exactly. As the more you, you partake in what God wants you to do, you are getting close to that glory. And in fact, deep inside you, you are groaning for this glory. That is why if you are not seeing it like that in the natural, something is wrong somewhere. Because the only thing that can satisfy your entire being is that glory. And that is what we are groaning and yearning for. So everything we are doing here should get us close to that glory that must be given to us. Are you getting it? And when we are getting to the climax of that glory manifesting in our bodies it is like this when you are having two magnets and one is on top one is down and you are trying to bring the one on top close to the one down you realize that the one that is on the floor 
when you're having two magnets one on top and one on the floor and you are trying to bring the one on top close to the one on the floor you realize that as it is getting closer you will see that the one on the floor will try to lift itself up and join itself to the one that is on top are you getting it this is how Can you all hear me, please? Good. So you need to learn these things. I said when you have two magnets, one on top and one on the floor, and you are trying to bring the one on top to the one downwards you realize that as it is getting closer the one on the floor will even lift itself up and join the one that is upwards that is how things are going to be the very day the lord jesus will be descending we also we will be changed and will be caught up together with him in the air that is what the word of the lord said we shall be changed our bodies will exactly be like his body that is what God is actually looking for. The changing of our bodies. And then we take the glory of God upon ourselves. Are you getting it? Alright. Someone said, why do people claim there was no record of Jesus' existence except the Bible? Oh, it's a lie. Many people know this. Even in the Quran, it is there. Even in the Quran, it is there. Nobody, nobody can deny the existence of Christ. Nobody. They do that just to try to, you know, shift the focus of men from the real truth. But that which is truth will always be the truth. All right. So get that. Okay. Somebody says. Jim, give us a prophet, please. Where live? I'm, I'm not getting the question clearly. Okay. Sami said. But please, why is it that we all have the same Holy Spirit, but pastors teach differently about a certain topic in the Word of God? The problem is this. You see, there are doctrinal things we need to understand. And not all men of God allow, not all men of God allow themselves to be taught well. You need to know that. You see, this whole thing of a person teaching the word of God is not only on the premise let's say you have heard something from somebody and you have not read the Bible to know what is there when you are teaching another people what you have heard they will also go and teach others and they will keep teaching and teaching and teaching and they have not had time to sit down to know what the word of the Lord is actually saying you, you keep on you know, propagating something you have no knowledge of. That is what many pastors do. They preach and teach things they have not sat down for the Holy Ghost to teach them. Cry! And let me tell you this. If you want to understand the scriptures very well, you need to be a student of history. Else there are many things you will never know. Many pastors don't read any book Apart from the Bible, they said that is that is all. Let me tell you, 
this Bible that you have, there are certain people that died before it came into your hands. Are you with me? That is why I have a message on the Israel of God. You need to go back to that message and learn because many pastors don't know. I'm telling you, why was Jesus born as a Jew? Why? Somebody said, where is God? You need to go and have a message. I can't answer this question now. Go, have a message known as, um, I think the, the title is um, The Mystery God. You, you experience this. You have to understand what God is, who God is. If you don't get all these things, you'll miss a lot of things. Because when we say heaven, people think heaven is like a room where we are all going to stay there. Who told you? Even this earth alone, this earth alone, have you been to everywhere? Even your country alone, like your country Ghana, your own town, I have not been everywhere. You will never, don't think God is just one point. Oh, okay, this is God, this is God. So you can point God at, oh yeah, this is him. That is all. No, 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 no. You need to, you need to have understanding about things. Clearly, because there are dimensions of God that he has chosen to reveal. And dimensions of God that cannot be revealed. If you go to that message, the mystery God, you really understand God. You will know that God actually, the name God is not God's name. God is not a name, it is a term. It's a terminology. Are you with me? And before God created the world, He was not. God the creator. There were many dimensions of him. If you don't know this one, you, you find it very difficult to understand the scriptures. In fact, the Bible even said that God dwells in an unapproachable light. A light that cannot be approached. Some angels have been in heaven from the day God started creation. They have not even seen God before. They don't even know where the throne of God is. They are in heaven. Because heaven is not just one place that dimensions and realms of heaven when you are taken to the third heavens you will not see god there when you are taken to the second heavens you will not see god but every place you find yourself there is an experience of god because god has actually put himself in all things that he has created i don't know if you are getting me so when you hear god you need to understand god clearly That is where you will know that the place called heaven can't really contain God. Are you with me? Because if God is in heaven and he's saying that he's still in you, then who is God? Why is he in heaven and he's still in you? Hmm? The whole universe is in the hand of God like a full stop. But this whole big God that the whole universe is in his hand like a full stop is in you. So if the whole world is like a full stop in God's hand, then who are you like in that whole world that is like a full stop? Then this big God, this, this is what you need to understand. And you see, men find it very, because we are trying to use normal human understanding to know who God is. It will never work like that. Are you following? 
That is why I said, go and, and download my message, the mystery. You will be so blessed. You will know that heaven is, the dimension of God in heaven is not all that God is. It is a system that God has set. <laughs> yeah. So when you go to heaven and you meet God, yes, that is God. But you can meet God in different dimensions. Because God is not just one entity. Okay, okay, fine. Now this is God. I can hold God. No. There are many dimensions of God that can't be revealed. In fact, the dimensions of God that are existing in thick darkness before creation. And that is where the knowledge of where God came from is. It is not revealed to man. It can't be revealed. So when you say, is God in heaven? I will say yes. Is God in me? I will say yes. When we read the book of Psalm 139, David said, where shall I move from your presence? If I go to heaven, you are there. If I lay my bed in hell, you are there. So the question is, where is God? If I tell you God is only in heaven, I'm lying to you. Because God is also dwelling in you. And you need to have a revelation of that one too. There is nowhere in the creation of God that God is not. So God in heaven alone is not... That is why you should not say, Okay, God is in heaven alone. That's not true. He's everywhere. Are you with me? You go and download that message. The mystery, you will be so blessed. You will be so... The mystery God. I spoke of what is God? What is God? Who is God? Where is God? How is God? When is God? <laughs> You'll be so blessed. You'll be so blessed. So please, um, put that at the back of your mind. And the Lord will help us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, somebody said, Daddy, please, are there specific kinds of foods and meat to be taken as you are growing in the prophetic? It is so much dependent on the Holy Ghost. So much dependent on the Holy Ghost. People can eat banku fufu and everything and still be able to pick signals. You see, so the Holy Ghost will teach you certain things. Yeah. But me, the best thing I can help you, if you want to walk in the prophetic, be light-weighted. That is the general um, advice for young prophets. Be light-weighted. Be light-weighted. If you want to pick signals, if you want to walk in the prophetic, be light-weighted. How do you become light-weighted as a person? Drink more water. Eat more fruits. Don't eat plenty carbohydrate kind of foods. Banku, fufu, abetie. I'm not saying stop eating, but I said don't eat them too much. Especially when you are preparing for maybe administration, oh, so you need to drink more water. Yes, meat too. If you're taking plenty meat, you become more natural than spiritual. That is what I'm trying to say. More natural than spiritual. And you know what the Bible said? 